ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble! What's up? What's going on? What's good, everybody? That's right. We are checking in on December 18, 2022 edition of the Bison Source Radio Show. I am your host, James Bell, the leader of the Bison Source. You can catch us on social media through Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, of course, through YouTube. And we have the website, thebisonsource.net. That's right. So, um, we, you know, have a number of things here that, you know, we're going to be talking about uh, here in this particular episode, uh, including what happened over at the Cosmopolitan in Las Vegas, Nevada. And uh, also we'll talk about a couple of other topics that have been floating around the news waves and boxing, uh, including uh, something that came up over the course of the weekend. So uh, we will, you know, be jumping on that here in a bit. Uh, and, you know, my thing is there was a lot of action that took place in Las Vegas. Uh, we'll hopefully get on the uh, subject of the undercard bouts that were shown live on Showtime, but we want to get into the main event of the evening as you had two fighters that were listed by many to be in the top 10 in the lightweight division. Uh, when you had Michelle Rivera coming in with a record of 24 and 0 facing Frank Martin coming in with a record of 16 and 0. And both of these guys, like I said, uh, top 10 guys in the lightweight division. Of course, there's been a lot of activity uh, going on within the lightweight division. Of course, you have the undisputed champion uh, who defeated George Cambosos twice this year. Um, and, you know, you have, of course, Gavante Tank Davis uh, that's there, you know, fighting in the lightweight division, uh, among other contenders, multiple contenders there at lightweight. Um, and when this particular bout was announced, you know, many people felt like, hey, this was going to be a great bout, including myself as you had, you know, two guys that uh, were, you know, young, uh, hungry fighters uh, there in the lightweight division, uh, you know, with Frank Martin coming in there, uh, facing and defeating Romero Duno and Jackson Marinez this year before this bout against Michelle Rivera and with Rivera, uh, of course, nicknamed Lazarza Ali, uh, with victories over Joseph Adorno and Jerry Barrett. Now, uh, you uh, you did have it to where uh, both of these uh, fighters 
did face uh, Jerry Perez as uh, Frank Martin faced Perez last year, uh, losing by KO uh, over in Los Angeles. Uh, so they did have a common opponent uh, in Jerry Perez with, you know, uh, Perez losing to Frank Martin by KO and losing to Michelle Rivera by unanimous decision uh, a couple of months ago. And I was in attendance at that particular, when that particular belt actually took place at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. And so that was part of the Deontay Wilder uh, fight there, um, you know, at the Barclays Center, you know, and that, you know, fight that took, you know, eight rounds uh, there for Michelle Rivera. There are a few things that I just wasn't all too, you know, sure about. And that's why leading into this bout that happened on Saturday, I was favoring Frank Martin to win that bout, you know. Um, but going into the bout, you know, I just looked like, um, you know, it was still going to be a 50-50 type of bout. I just, you know, felt like Frank Martin, uh, you know, would have had the advantage. And, you know, right before the fight, the odds had pretty much shifted in Frank Martin's favor was early that it was Michelle Rivera as a favorite but then you know the money started flowing in towards Frank Martin and then when the fight started it was Frank Martin as a favorite now when the fight started there first round you had you know Michelle Rivera just you know doing this thing as a taller fighter you know moving around you know moving his head a little bit throwing a jab moving his head a little throwing a jab but for me, it just felt like that jab just wasn't really forceful. You know, he tried to, you know, come in there uh, and, you know, establish the tone with the jab. And, you know, as a taller fighter with the longer reach, tried to do that. And that just wasn't quite cutting it early there against Frank Martin. And Frank Martin showed early there that he was just on something different than what Michelle Rivera was on. Now, him being a softball, going up against Michelle Rivera as an orthodox fighter, uh, he was able to pull off the left jab with his right hand and, you know, attempt to counter with his left hand. And what he was doing was he was countering with the left hand to the body early. Uh, he would throw the right jab in the left hand to the body, uh, and he was scoring shots there. But not only was he doing that, he was the faster guy early there in the first round, and he was throwing a few combinations here and there that was scoring much more often than what Michelle Rivera was doing as Michelle Rivera was, you know, just still moving his head around, you know, moving his head around, throwing the left jab, moving his head around, throwing the left jab, and not really following up, you know. So it was almost like he was waiting to see what, you know, um, Frank Martin was doing. Now, um, I've had, you know, previous conversations about this bout and previewing about where, you know, one guy had mentioned, and that is Joseph Heron of War Week Radio, he had mentioned that, you know, both of these guys kind of operate on a counter-punching style and that they wait on their opponent to do something and then they end up counterpunching. And so 
how is that? How are those styles going to clash here in this bout? And it was more about seeing who was going to be initiating the action. And here it was Michelle Rivera initiating the action, and he was paying for it. First round, second round, third round, he was paying for it by, you know, like I said, not really throwing that left jab with much emphasis, at least not to my, you know, uh, view, and getting countered. And he was getting countered. And not only that, Frank Martin showed that he was faster with the footwork with his lead foot or lead leg, the right leg, on the outside of Michelle Rivera. You know, with Frank Martin being a southpaw, very being orthodox, one of the things that I, you know, stress about those type of fights is where is the foot placement of each of those fighters? Whoever has their foot on the outside of the opponent has the opportunity to move away from their opponent after the initial engagement from one or both fighters. And Frank Martin, Pretty much did that. He was a faster fighter with his hands and also faster with his feet. Moving in, you know, throwing the jab, stabbing in with the left to the body and be able to use that right leg to step out of the way. But also um, what ended up happening was you had with Frank Martin's left hand, seemed like it found a home for for Michelle Rivera multiple times over the first half of the fight uh, where Michelle Rivera was constantly uh, dipping down after the initial attack from Frank Martin. And once he did that, that just gave a home for the left hand of Frank Martin to land on Michelle Rivera, uh, you know, on, on his head, basically, you know, and it was just something where it was just a, a, a stark contrast in class between Frank Martin and Michelle Rivera, where uh, Frank Martin was a much faster fighter, was a much more active fighter, was able to move in and out of the pocket and also out of the way of any type of trouble that uh, Michelle Rivera could have uh, there, you know. But you didn't really see much out of Michelle Rivera uh, getting, you know, any type of uh, good success. Outside of, you know, maybe what, one or two rounds, you know, I would say around like what, the fourth and the fifth round to me, where you had Michelle Rivera being more of an aggressor, uh, so to speak, you know. Uh, but outside of that, you really didn't have much uh, there, you know, coming out of Michelle Rivera. And if you were, you know, watching this thing live, I mean, it was just a, a stark contrast there man it, it was just crazy you know it was crazy uh to see what was going down you know what i mean as uh you had frank martin just being able to turn michelle rivera on multiple occasions in, in this bout so you know after about five or six rounds you've seen that frank martin with his you know, foot on the outside was able to turn Michelle Rivera on multiple occasions. He could, you know, throw one, two, right, left, turn off to his right and still be able to throw off one more shot before Michelle Rivera would be able to turn around and be able to get in a position to throw anything back. And so with Rivera, it was more of him being 
it looked like he was flat-footed for the majority of that fight. And, you know, like I said, if it wasn't for, you know, uh, the inactivity of sorts uh, there from Frank Martin in, in the fourth round, that almost was like a clean sweep on, on my book uh, there through that first half of the fight. Uh, but, you know, after that six six round or whatnot, man, uh, man, you know, it was just like Amnamaris was saying. Uh, Rivera had no answer to the speed of Frank Martin. And that we we seen with Frank that uh, he was able to, you know, even score a knockdown in the seventh round, you know, after a counter uh, where he was able to counter with his left in close quarters with the left hook uh, before falling with the right that kind of like grazed Michelle Rivera before Michelle Rivera went down to the canvas. And, you know, from that point on, man, it, it just almost looked like, you know what, Rivera's going to have to do some real serious in order for him to try to get back into this fight. But it just didn't look like that at all for the majority of that second half of the fight. And it almost seemed like it was, you know what, maybe he could try to get through this fight without being completely embarrassed. You know what I'm saying? And in a way, it almost seemed like that. But you kind of like seeing that Frank Martin was still doing his thing over the course of that second half of the fight, you know, and I was just like, man, I did not, I did not expect Frank Martin to really show out uh, here in this bout against Michelle Rivera. Even though I was favoring Frank Martin in this bout, I just did not see him having this type of a performance uh, there against Michelle Rivera, and it did go through those full twelve rounds uh, there again. You had Frank Martin getting a unanimous decision win with one score of 118-109, one score of 117-110, and one score of 120-107. That is a clean sweep in that one card, you know. And, yeah, that was, that was basically it. And, you know, uh, shout-out to uh, Tip Bayless on the live chat here uh, through YouTube uh, that said, yeah, that first round said it all. Yep, that's right. As you know, you've seen the you've seen the difference between the foot speed and the hand speed of Frank Martin in comparison to Michelle Rivera. And you know, I, I just seen there in this particular bout that yeah, Michelle Rivera, you know, even though he was able to get through uh what is it, 24 fights up to this point, yeah, he has a lot, has a lot to work on if he wants to, you know. They in contention to fight for a lightweight title down the line. Um, and it's going to, you know, be something to see how that's going to, you know, shape up. Um, but, you know, for me, even with that whole lightweight title situation, 2023 looks like all of those titles will be held up for a good little bit uh, before anything happens. Uh, you just, just got to see what, uh, the situation is for each of those sanctioning bodies, how they kind of like handle their mandatory challenger uh, situations there at that point. But yeah, um, that was that was the thing. And um, yeah, size size was also something there as, you know, it was crazy um, that, yeah, Frank was a stronger fighter, right? Uh, but 
you know, I've seen out out in the you know the YouTube world or whatnot that after the fight, Michelle Rivera was kind of like commenting on his weight. So I felt like that's interesting there. But before I continue on the analysis there of this bout, I want to bring in a guest that has been part of this show uh, for years and years and years. Um, he has great insight on fights that you know that he's able to watch but hopefully you watch this one and that is the boxing academic in the building what's going on <laughs> uh, i guess i'll uh accept you talking mess to me because i've missed a few shows so i ain't gonna <laughs> i'm not gonna uh, test any any uh smack talking toward me i'll accept it Hey, at least I'll get it out of the way just in case, you know, a certain person go, comes on here and tries to talk some more smack, you know, so we got that. Oh, it's all good. Yeah, um, yeah what you said about the fight? Oh, man, that it was a, a stark difference in class. You know, it was levels. You know, as they say, there's levels to this. And Frank Martin was just on a whole different level than Michelle Rivera. In about that, you know, like I was saying, involved two two fighters that are ranked in the top ten in the lightweight division by you know many uh, people. I know Ringer Magazine uh, has them in the top ten. I uh, have to check if like you know the Transnational Boxing Rankings Board has both of them in the top ten or not. But um, yeah, I mean, you had that lightweight division, and you know those two guys had you know pretty much uh, campaigned to see where they were going to be in the top ten and. Uh, you know, eventually fight for a world title. And this was like a what a WBA uh, eliminator in the lightweight division. And Frank Martin just said, man, listen, I'm on a whole nother stratosphere than, you know, Michelle Rivera. And he kind of like exposed a lot of flaws in Michelle Rivera's game. Yeah, I think that's a, a pretty accurate assessment in that they were on different stratospheres. But I would say the, the same thing, but a different way. <clears throat> I think Michelle Rivera realized that, you know, like when he was in a ring, I could, I could imagine what he was thinking. I didn't know that someone could train like this and get these results until now. Mm. And, you know, they were speaking that Derrick James is a trainer of the year. Who, which which outfit gave him the trainer of the year? PBC? Um, I think it was ESPN that did. Okay. Well, that's good to hear. That's good to hear. And so, I mean, I would say it's, it's very well rightfully deserved because you can see that the guy's a cerebral guy. You can see that he came – you know, I'll get on Frank Martin in a second, but I'm just speaking on his mm -hmm. coach. You can see that that they came in and pretty much had game plan, had an idea what Michelle Rivera would do. Um, and then even in the middle of the fight, you can see that he was giving him specific instructions of what to do to capitalize and to to turn the tide. You know, the first round or two was competitive, you know. Michelle Rivera still had in his mind that that he could win. He was he was pumping the jab out. He was being long, and I think he landed a few shots. So I'm like, okay, this could be interesting. Mm -hmm. And you know the way that um, 
Frank Martin had his mouthpiece open. I mean, I've watched Frank Martin maybe a couple times, but I was like asking myself, is he going to be able to keep this up for 12 rounds? Right. And he definitely did. He, I mean, okay, let me say it's easy to keep it up when when you have a punching bag, but I mean, he, he kept it up. Let me just say that. It'd be interesting to see how he does when he does face adversity, but I think Michelle Rivera realized what happens when a person trains much, 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 much has a different, like, like you said, level of training and the output that comes from that. Word and on. I think that's exactly what a lot of people get from Errol Spence as well. Like you, you see the output of Errol Spence and you can see what he does and what he has done, but the output is, is, is his level of training. And that's why he's able to guys where, you know, the fight is competitive with other people, he's able to get them guys out of there because it's a different level of training. Yeah. And you could say that with Sean Porter, you know, when, when back in his prime, but you know, um, yeah, I could, I, that's all I want to say. You could say that with Sean Porter as well too, that, that people saw that it was a different level of training, which made him tough for a number of guys. But then, you know, if you were more skillful than him, then that, that helped you out as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, the training, man, the training equals those results. And I mean, you see, he got three guys that train the same way, that train in that format. We're going to get down and dirty. We're going to be able to get in them trenches. I also watched the um, Ward-Kovalev fights. Like, I remember fight two. I done watched that a few times because that was a master class. But even mm -hmm. that, to me, put me in the mind of this sort of... Uh, not necessarily the fighting style, but but being able to get in somebody's chest as well as being able to box like like that fighting style that Andre Ward has where he can get in your chest and make you uncomfortable Word. and then throw body shots and do stuff like that. And so I was watching the first fight to see, you know, you know, it took him maybe like four or five rounds because, you know, he got hurt in that first fight to where he really started doing that and where he started just kind of putting his chest in Kovalev, um, his head in Kovalev's chest and then, you know, throwing hooks and body shots as Kovalev left out. Uh -huh. But but it's a different level of, of, of training and it, it equals it equals these results. And, and some guys don't see it until they get in the ring and they realize, like, dang, I, you know, I got more work to do. But as uh -huh. you said, Michelle Rivera is limited. You know, certain things he can't do with, with, with none but just one hand. Um, I would hope you know how some people see Floyd and then they try to do the shoulder roll and then they don't yeah. really truly know the shoulder roll. Yeah. And then they, they can't really block with it because they only know it from what they think they know of it. You know, it's like the Bane, you, you adapted to the darkness. I was born in the darkness. This is your interpretation of what the darkness is. I grew up in the darkness and was formed and molded by, it. you know, that's, that's my, one of my best like superhero lines where the mm -hmm. Bane was a badass, by the way. But, um, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's it's uh, yeah, I'm gonna be quiet and let you let you speak. Yeah, I mean, you you kind of like analyzed it with with the thing as far as like the difference between what Frank Martin was able to do and with you know what Michelle Rivera was able to do, and that Michelle Rivera does have a lot to work on in order for him to try to be able to compete with the top lightweights. Um, but I'll be able to continue on that uh, there in a minute. Uh, you know, while I add in another uh, long time uh, 
panelists are here on the Boxing Source Radio show that has an avatar. That guy, yo, yo, that is, yo, that was some wild stuff, yo. Uh, Brother Terrell from Tampa is checking in, man. What's up? <laughs> the internet remains undefeated as well. Undefeated. <laughs> yo. Uh, yeah, what you uh, thought about uh, Frank Martin's performance there against Michelle Rivera? Are uh, you able to jump in on that? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, I mean, uh, one word for the Martin Rivera fight unbelievable i mean we knew it's gonna be a highly competitive fight we knew that coming come, uh with the with the, the 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 levels that both these guys have achieved but frank martin i mean i, I i've heard about him i think this is my first full fight with me seeing him uh seeing him fight but this dude fought a highly composed fight like a truth uh like a true professional i mean this dude <laughs> I, honestly he's amazing He's amazing, and I'm not. I'm not giving him too much. I don't think at this, even at this point. Uh, the main thing for me was composure. Never out of out of uh, never out of position. Always under control. Moving at his own pace. Never out of out of position. Things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, knowing what shots to throw, when to throw shots. Things like that. Inside, outside, body, head movement, body, head shots. Things like that. He 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 put it all on display last night. And and um, I ain't talking. I haven't mentioned the speed yet. I haven't touched mm -hmm. Right. I mean, and and that 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 counter left hook is ridiculous. <laughs> that counter left hook it did so much damage to uh, Rivera on on so many other cases. But the main thing for me was the the, the composure that that uh, Frank Martin displayed throughout the course of the fight. And not only that, this dude was strong from round one to round twelve. Strong. Yep. Strong, strong and sturdy, and you can see uh, by those those by, by those better rounds, he was definitely beating Rivera up. And uh, at that point, Rivera was starting to slow down; those eyes was swelling up, things like that. Mm -hmm. But uh, throughout the fight, Martin was strong, and 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 now we can talk about the speed. This and so you talking about a speed left-handed fighter? <laughs> it's gonna get to the point where nobody is nobody nobody's gonna want to fight him. That's what's gonna get to. You know, with that type of speed, and that's that's also been a, a a softball on top of that. But, but I mean, even even though this is uh, probably his best opponent at this point, uh, this dude is ready for anybody at one three five, anybody in the top ten, top tie to holder stuff like that. And and you think about that when you, when you project him against some of the, some of the more notable names at one three five, he would blow Loma Chica out of the water. He would definitely give Devin Haney a run for his money. Uh, and, and the reason why that, I think he definitely has more power than, than Devin Haney. And, and where they both may be equal on speed, but Frank knows how to break, break a fighter down. And the way to do that is by going to the body, things like that, right? Uh, a fight against Tank would be highly, highly interesting. We know Tank has to equalize with the power. We know that. Uh, but if you, you can't hit what you can't if you can't get to it. If it's too fast, you can't hit it. So... So that'd be very, very interesting. Uh, but let's see, anybody else at 135? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'll be very tempted to favor Frank Martin over almost anybody. So, but of course, we like we always say, 
we need to see him uh, uh, battle adversity, things like that. But the thing about that, this type of fighter, with that type of speed, mm -hmm. that type of skills, that type of composure, who's gonna give this who's gonna give this guy, guy adversity? Who? I don't know. Not in one thirty five. I have a prototype of a guy. I, I, I can't name you a guy, but I, I have a prototype. So I ain't saying Frank Martin ain't without faults. The dude is great. He's good. Um, this is probably one of the guys that I would, as, as, as we are doing, crown him before he has uh, proved himself in a sense. Like, you can see the same mold. You can see that he's in the same mold of these other guys in his gym. And he has the athletic pedigree from his family like he he's a he's an athlete now in them first couple rounds when he was going through that minefield to get past Rivera's long arms he was getting hit with some of them shots and you know I think if you had a guy built in the same frame as Rivera who was longer that made him because he kept extending he kept having to extend and um you know, like press the action and get past that that mid ground to like get to Rivera, but Rivera kind of um, I ain't gonna say he quit, but he stopped believing at some point. Hell, who wouldn't stop believing, right? If you was in, if you had that guy in front of you, but if you had a guy that that backed up and kind of led him into shots, it, it, it may be different. He, he probably still win, but I'm just saying it it, it would be interesting to see him getting led into shots, let you back up, let him try to, you know, uh, gain ground on you, and then you just walk him into shots. But a taller fighter walking him into shots. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you, what you had there, you know, that especially in this bout here with, um, you know, Michelle Rivera, like he was just, it almost seemed like his um, feet were like, molasses or something you know like he had some cinder blocks on his feet because he really couldn't move for nothing in that derrick james made a comment you see he keep being off balance that's because he keep falling over his feet mm. he said something like that in the corner he's gonna always be off balance because he keeps falling over his feet we talked about this before you know like i i got a lot of respect for derrick james just you know I ain't heard him in the corner many times, but just hearing this fight, I can see, I mean, the dude probably been deserved trainer of the year, like based upon what I heard him say in this fight. I, I got a lot of respect for the man based off, I ain't, I ain't like listened to him a bunch. Like I know he good, right? But I ain't really like paid attention like that. Mm -hmm. But in regards to what you said, Mike, about uh, the, the prototypical person that could probably beat a Frank Martin. When you think about it, Rivera actually hit hit Frank Martin with a lot of flush shots, a lot of flush right hands, and we know that in order to get fired, you got you want to receive some back. But the thing about it with, with Martin, those times that he did get hit with straight right hands, what did he do? He walked right through it, walked right through it. So that says a lot about his beard, and everything, his oh. chin like that. So, so he, he did get hit some. I mean, obviously we we know how to fight turn out, but yeah. like I say, he did get hit. No. Yeah, but I got uh, one other person to jump in on the live chat uh, here. Uh, coming in, uh, it is our brother Chris Trucker in the building that wants to uh, talk about this uh, particular fight, too. So Chris is on with us live here on the Boxing Source. What's going on, Chris? What's going on, man? Thanks for having me on, man. Can you hear me good? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, 
What's going on, guys, on the panel? I don't know any of y'all guys, but, man, I hope all is well with y'all, man. Um, the, uh, the, the, the performance of Frank Martin last night was a good performance. I just want to say that first because I don't, I don't, uh, want to come off as like I'm hating on the kid or nothing like that. Good, good performance. But, um, the names that they throwing out right now, he not, he's not ready. Like he's not, he not ready yet. Now he got the potential but not yet. Like Revere, Revere wasn't the, for me, Revere wasn't, that wasn't the test right there for me. Like, like for me, I was like, Revere disappointed me. Like he didn't, he didn't live up to what we thought was, what I thought was a 50, 50 fight. You get what I'm saying? Right, right, like right. It, it became very clear that it wasn't a 50, 50 fight. Once, once I started watching the fight, I was like, okay, so Revere, this is not a 50-50 fight. Like, he's not on Frank Martin's level. Like, he's not. Like, he's not on his level. Like, Revere is a, you know, at best, in my opinion, he's going to be a journeyman. Like, he's not going to be, he's going to be somebody that you, when you're coming up, you get him on your record, oh, okay, you beat Revere. You know, he put he, so he's a name that that's known a little bit. He's not. Frank Martin's going to be in the top talks later on. Like, he's going to be one of the top guys at 135. Revere is not. I agree he's with not, you on Rivera. He's not going to be one of the top guys at 135. Mm -hmm. but I, I was impressed by Frank, but I wasn't very impressed. I wasn't like, oh, man, this dude is special. He wasn't, like, for example, like, when you look at Boots, for example, right, Boots haven't. Boots hasn't fought top competition, but no matter who you put Boots in front of, he 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 deals with him in a way where it's like, you know, Boots is top competition just because you if you're a person that kind of got a good eye and you box yeah. before you you know he's he he got the goods because of way, the way he handles the competition. Mm -hmm. Last night. Frank Martin, like for me to be like impressed, man, he had to like really, really impressed. He had to finish him. All he had to do was really finish the guy. I was gonna, because, I was gonna mention that for you. Uh, that would have yeah, been, you know, a difference. That would have been right if he would have, if he would have, if he would have did him like boots. Because I heard somebody say he's the boots Ennis. I'm like, nah, not quite, not quite the boots Ennis. You know, he, because boots would somebody like if you put it. Frank Rivera, if you put Rivera, Michelle Rivera at 147, Boots stops him and makes him look like C-level competition. Boots makes him look like low-level competition. Like, for example, the Lippinitz oh. fight, right? Lippinitz was a former champion. He made Lippinitz look like, he made Lippinitz look like, like, yeah. C-level competition. Like, you would never know that Lippinitz was a champion. You get what I'm saying? So I think right now, the tanks, the Shakurs, the hand, uh, not right now for Frank. Let him, let him, uh, right now for me, Keyshawn Davis for Frank Martin. Keyshawn Davis, uh, you know, maybe a Roly Morrell. That's a, you know, Merrill. good fighter. You know, that's, Roley, that's one of my suggestions right there. Yeah, yeah, maybe down there right now. Right now, you know what I'm saying? Like, don't, yeah. don't put him up there with tanks so quick. And then it's like you going you going kind of like spread a narrative, man. You gonna really it's like nah, you, you you putting him up there too quick, and now you putting too much pressure on him because 
he gets in front of somebody like Roly and he can't even stop him. Now we like, huh? I don't know. You get what right. I'm saying? Like it's like you gotta you gotta you gotta ease these fighters up there before you start saying, okay, he can hang with Tank. No, he can't, man. Like he he ain't nah. hanging. Not not yet. I'm not saying he can never do it. I'm not saying he's not a great a good fighter. I'm not saying that he's not a good fighter. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying not off of that one performance. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like not yet. Let 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 the let the guy beat up on a few guys that we know and then say, man, give him the tank fight, man. Give him the Haney fight. Give him the Shakur fight. Y'all get what I'm saying? You know what I mean? I, I don't want to go too long, but tell me what y'all think about my, you know, my opinion. I mean, that's something we, we say normally on this show is that we, we need to see these guys face adversity before we crown them. Right. And, you know, it's a lot of guys like in the smaller weight classes where they be like, oh, he's the best thing smoking and, you know, ain't really fought nobody. And they always crown them, put them on the pound for pound list. And when they actually do fight people, um, you know, they they ended up getting beat and stuff and they they aren't the goods. Uh, so, yeah, we I agree with you in that. He needs to face some form of adversity, some form of a fighter that that ain't finna just lay down to him because yeah, because that was easy. That was too easy for yeah. me. Yeah, Rivera. Like, that was too, all Rivera had to do, you know, just from my experience, like I'm a, I'm an orthodox fighter. So when I if if you put me in front of a, a southpaw, first thing first is Throw I'm right trying hand. to win. I'm trying to win the foot battle. That's the first thing first. The whole fight, I'm fighting with trying to keep my left foot on the outside. And That's if I'm going right. to move anywhere, it's going to be to my left all night long. I'm going to make him throw his left hook, if anything, and I'm going to keep my lead hand up. I'm going to keep my lead hand up. He gonna have to throw his right hook. You get what I'm saying? He gonna have to throw that thing all night. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna have my lead hand up and I'm gonna be aware of that that right hook. I'm trying to keep my left foot outside. I'm trying to put him in front of my straight right hand. And if he just so happened to come in with his guard down, you basically when you when you are orthodox and you and you, it's kind of like. I don't want to say it's a mirror because when you're fighting the orthodox on orthodox, it's like it's almost like a mirror. You got to mirror yourself with him. Keep stay stay keep your left foot on, on the outside. Yeah. You gotta you gotta slam them left hooks down on him. When he come rushing in, you gotta slam that them left hooks and them straight right hands down on him because that's all Revere had to. He he wasn't making he simple adjustments could have made the right. night longer. For Frank Martin, it could have made that night a lot longer, and that was the weaknesses I saw in Frank Martin. I'm like, see, he touching you with that right hand, but if he make you, if he was to make the right adjustment, he can touch you with that right hand a lot more. A lot more. And you know what I'm saying? Like seen, he, I seen ahead. that in the fourth and fifth round with with Michelle Rivera. Like he was coming forward and he was landing those right hands, uh, you know, while trying to corner. Right. You know, Frank Martin. But he didn't know how to position himself. He didn't know right. how to – he didn't know how – and then his jab was a throwaway jab, man. Like, the jab yep. was just crappy, man. I'm like, I'm like, that jab ain't – he wasn't even finding range with it, in my opinion. Like, it wasn't right. even a range finder. Right. You got, 
you got a few types of jabs. You got them Devin Haney jabs where it's just going to keep you honest. It's a hard, it's a nice stick. It's going to keep yeah. you honest. And then you got throwaway jabs where you're just trying to, you know, pat, pity pat. You know, you're trying to set something else up with mm -hmm. it. Like what Floyd do. Yeah, then you got the range finder. You got a you got range finders where you at least trying to find your range and 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 throw something else. Like last night, it was just like a pure just you know, I'm just doing something with it. I'm just going to throw it out here just to throw it out here. I wouldn't. Was it wasn't even much of like a tippy tap. Right. Yeah. Thing. It was just no. a. I was like, man, if I was fighting, if I was fighting Rivera, man, I I'll just go straight through his job. I wouldn't even worry about his jab, man. I'll go straight through that and just try to, you know what I mean, try to stop him because he, yep. you don't have nothing to keep. He had nothing for Frank Martin. Nothing. I'm like, I'm like, this is just easy work. I loved his performance, though. Like, Frank Martin, he, he you know, to give him credit, man, he did what he was supposed to do. He, he, he outperformed and shut out a guy who really didn't want to give him didn't want to, you know, fight to that level. Like, he didn't want to – it seemed like he was kind of defeated. Mm -hmm. Um, He had, a, like, a defeated look during the fight. I was like, man, this guy's defeated, man. Like, I yeah. was like, man, Frank, man, get this guy out of here, man. Get him. I think it's that, but I think it's one more thing, too, though. Go, go ahead. I don't think he, he – I don't think he had much – I think the only thing he probably practiced is the one and the two and maybe a hook. I think that's all he really knew how to do. And he didn't even throw the hook. Here's my thing, right? I'm trying to I'm trying to find out who his trainer is. I'm hoping that it I mean he looked like Mark Ramsey, but I don't think it would be it's Mark Ramsey because if it, if it was Mark Ramsey, nah, I, I, I wouldn't be able to accept that. Like Ramsey was able to, you know, train uh Elder Alvarez in order to defeat Sergey Kovalev to win that belt years back. And he's been a pretty good trainer. So if it was Mark Ramsey there in the corner of uh Michelle Rivera, I would that would be that would be something, man. I would be seriously disappointed if that was Mark Ramsey because Mark Ramsey at, at the very least would have been able to tell him, you know, what, what's going on, but I don't think it was him. And then it's like you gotta one thing I learned myself. I was I was sparring one guy. Guy wasn't really on my level, but you know, but I was working on some stuff, and and I realized, you know, just on my own without a coach and things like that, I probably would have realized it faster if I had a coach. Is that man when you fighting different styles and things like that, man? Sometimes you can split that guy's body in half and fight one half of his body. To kind of take the pressure, you know what I mean? To make it easier for you to, you know, get out of the way of his power and things like that. You know what I'm saying? Like you could kind of like fight, like for example, uh, him, uh, Rivera. He could have just fought the right side of his body. You know what I'm saying? And 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 stayed on that, stayed on his right side. And then if 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 he if he tries to come in and and take the position, you got the left hook. Left hook misses, you you come back with the straight right, put him back in position because he gonna if you throw the left hook, a lot of times the punches sometimes uh when you punch, it's it's just to get a guy where you want him to go, make him go where you want him to go. Yeah. So if you're throwing a left hook, if he don't slip to the outside, you throw your right hand straight down the middle. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's, yeah. it's easy. It's easy. Boxing ain't it's is it it ain't but too much. You you know, he can't go nowhere if he in front too many places right. he can go. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's like it ain't I mean, so it's like he could have just made some minor adjustments. And even if Frank Rivera, you know, Frank Martin would have got the best of him, he could have made the night a little bit harder for Frank. A little bit harder, yeah. But he you made know, it too easy for that guy, man. Great. He made it. And the wild thing that you were saying is, like, you, you were talking about what Michelle Rivera could have done, you know, throwing the left hook to kind of, like, set up, you know, his opponent there and Frank Martin to be there for the right hand. Exactly. It was basically the flip side, like, Frank Martin just threw that right hand up. Either it was a jab or a right hook. And then when he threw the left, man, you know, Michelle Rivera was dipping down and jumping down. He was right down, there. He was right, he was there, right the there. He was, was, like, he was right on, in front man. of the he was right in front of the straight left. Because he was like, dipping. Oh, he was man. dipping to the he was dipping to the wrong side. Now, he would have been better off if he was slipping to the right. If you if you slipping and you getting out of the way. You slipping and you, I don't know. He he Dominican Republican. I I, I was kind of wondering. I don't know. Like I don't know what type of footwork he got, but you can when you slipping to somebody's power hand, you take that front foot, and then when you slip to the to the to, in the inside, just imagine you got an orthodox fighter up against a southpaw, so you slip into his straight right. If yeah. you doing that on purpose. Right, you already away from his left. He out of position to hit you with the left. If he's throwing a straight right, take that front foot, and then you take you get on a you get that front uh that left foot, and you get it outside of his his what's that his left foot. You get it outside of his left foot, and you slip, and then you can set up your left hand and go off and pivot and set up your left. Boots Ennis does it a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like if you watch his feet yeah. footwork, he'll slip certain ways, he'll pivot, and then he'll it's, it's, hit you with that. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. he could have, but he ain't got the foot. We talking about the type of training where they training you to be slick like that. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. Revere, man, for his height, he need to be more slick than that, man. He he trying to he trying to make it a dog fight, and it's like, bro, you're not even using your your reach. No nothing. Ooh. Like it's, it was just, I don't know, man. Yeah, it was it, it was disappointing, but it, like I was saying before y'all got on, man. Me watching, you know, Michelle Rivera in his previous fight that was, you know, two months ago. Um, he, you know, just didn't look like to me where he could, you know, do something in order to compete against most of those guys that were there in the top ten when he fought Jerry Perez. And like I said, this is the same Jerry Perez that lost by you know, KO to Frank Martin. And the the interesting thing about what was happening after the fight was that, um, you know, they had a conversation there with Jerry Perez and he felt like Frank Martin was going to win the fight because of like his speed and his power, you know, that was just something, you know, different from Frank Martin in comparison to Michelle Rivera. And we pretty much uh, saw that over the course of his bout. Uh, But, you know, to your point there, Chris, like that could have been an opportunity for Frank Martin to say, "Hey, now, I mean, it's something when you're a different class than than someone like Michelle Rivera. But if you were able to take him out and and stop him, 
that would have made the that would have made yeah that would have made the tough. difference yeah in my grading of his performance you know what i'm saying like he he performed well but it wasn't like i'm seeing like i'm seeing some i'm seeing some like yeah, some i'm seeing some there. some stuff like i'm like man people y'all gonna get the boy y'all gonna get the boy career like because i think he will actually he's under earl spence and mm-hmm. earl spence is his promoter yeah man down I, yeah i think that he will end up, if they keep talking about it he you know if earl was like listen man if you want it he gonna end up in one of those fights and it's and it's gonna kind of like you know get him hurt because he yeah. not re- he not ready for the top i know he looked good and all that but he not ready yet for those top That's guys it. yet he's not so, ready not but, especially i'm telling you you know i am a tank fan you know tank is my right. old gym mate so i'm not i am probably gonna be a little biased here with when it come to tank especially not tank he gonna get hurt i'm telling you he gonna get hurt man tank is tank is a is a is a you know you know he's a problem because he does have the the power but tank is going to set you up for those shots like he going to yeah. set you up he it's going to he going to set you up so it can be there when 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 he when he when he find the shot you yeah. ain't going to see it yeah, <laughs> that's what i'm saying like he going to set you up for the shot so it's like it's not going it ain't like they going to get you going to get into a fire match and then the Ask Leo Santa Cruz what 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 last what happens when you try to bang and try to stand there and rush in. Ask Roly what happened when you try to rush in just because you're strong. And I just think I think Roly, I think Keyshawn Davis, I would love to see that fight. Him and Keyshawn Davis. Uh I think he'll take Roly. I think he'll beat Roly, but Roly will give him a good fight. You know, um, well, I, I, got, think those, I got two guys in mind, uh, and you named one of them in Roley. Uh, but before I go with the other one, uh, Boston Academy, you had something? Yeah, uh, so I definitely think Tank would win that fight, and, and he he's not ready for Tank. But one thing that does bode in his favor is that I don't know how many punches he threw, but it seemed like he, he throws a, a good number of punches in the round to at least um, – Let's say the Adrian Broner effect. Most people gonna beat most high level people gonna beat Adrian Broner mm-hmm. because the simple number of punches they throw and the lack of punches he throw. You know him and Tank Broner and Tank are different fighters, different classes, right? But you know if you have a fighter that throws a number of punches, let's say like uh, Pitbull Cruz, that's the reason why that fight people Uh-oh. thought it was was you know probably more competitive than than you know any other fight because he threw so many punches as compared to you know like you said tank uh checking for the shots and, and getting in the, the the right shots right yeah i i i agree i agree he he definitely uh he definitely get busy frank martin that's what i'm saying like i'm not i'm not hating on the kid you know what i'm saying like i really not man i, I really like him i like i like but he ain't frank ready martin. he that's ain't ready that's... like i like him like i think he i think he's definitely you know he definitely uh He's definitely a, a, a what I say. He's top competition, but he's not at the top of the top competition. Let me put it like that. He's mm-hmm. he, he's not at the top of the top. You get what I'm saying? Like he's not up there. Like even right now, a Haney. I think Haney a box his head off right now. I just think because I, I think Haney will would 
make the adjustments that he that 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 Revere wouldn't have made. You know what I'm saying? I think he would have. I think Haney would make though. I think the experience that Haney has, he would have made those adjustments. I think Haney a little bit more mature than him. You know what I'm saying? In his career, like, but it it ain't gonna be too long before Frank need to get in the ring with them guys. That's what I'm saying. Like, right. it ain't gonna be right. too long. Now, it ain't gonna be too many more fights. Now we gonna keep on saying, you know, he need another one. He need another. Nah, it's gonna get to a point. It was like, nah, put yeah, him in there. We, we got to see him against Tank. We got to see him against – he going to be – because, you know, you know, T.O. was one of the – you know, they called the four kings. He moved up to 140. Mm -hmm. so somebody else got to take the slot. You know what I mean? Uh, right now, Word. Frank Martin is probably going to be next in line. You know what I'm saying? To be in them talks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, in, the, so, in, the, in that conversation. Now yeah. – uh, you know, after the fight, he was talking about, you know, potentially fighting uh, Roley Romero uh, there. Romero was there in attendance at the Cosmopolitan for that fight. Um, but that. also, you know, one other guy that you all mentioned was Isak Cruz. And yeah, I'm like, yeah. and Cruz, I'm like yo, that would be that fight. <laughs> that could be a real good style matchup there for that. And, be... and depending on what happens with uh, – with uh, Frank Martin's promoter, that could be a co-feature belt to Errol Spence. Would so Cruz take I, that fight though? Like, I, cause Cruz is, I would consider Cruz based upon his performance one of the top top. He, you know, one of the top fighters. His stature is is like one of. The, would he actually take that fight? Now the thing about it is with Isak Cruz, yeah, I don't know if he'll be able to take that fight, but given his current situation, they're in the lightweight division. Uh he's gonna have to um, you know, he's gonna have to do something because you know, uh Isak Cruz was mentioned as a potential opponent uh for Shakur Stevenson. Um, you know, there was probably some other guys out there that he could potentially face. I thought that one other guy that he could face at this point, since uh, this guy has been inactive uh, since May, is Roley Romero. So we got to see where both of those guys are at at this point here in the lightweight division. Um, I, I think that there's a lot of fights that could be made within the top 10 of the lightweight division, you know, and um, I think with Eastside Cruz and, and Frank Martin, that would be something or – you know, have something with Roley there uh, that's, you know, kind of like been inactive for a while. And he's been talking a whole lot of smack. But the thing is, he hasn't been in the ring, you know, since that uh, fight with think, is he, is he Does he have a fight coming? Doesn't Roley have a fight coming up? Well, he might, but he hasn't really announced it yet because he had the interview some time back where he was saying that he had something lined up. But we haven't, okay. like, you know, really seen anything as far as, like, who his potential opponent could be. So... Right. I'm like waiting on what's gonna happen with that. I don't know. Maybe um, I could talk with uh, somebody that uh, was there with uh, him and Bullet a couple of weeks ago in uh, I think it was uh, outside of San Antonio uh, for a fight card that happened a couple of weeks ago. Um, uh, it was it Joseph Heron of War Week Radio Network was doing commentary uh, for that Frank Gore fight card that was out there and. Roley Romero and, uh, you know, Coach Bullet was uh, there also as uh, commentator. So maybe he got something as far as, like, what could potentially happen with 
uh, Roland Romero. But yeah, that lightweight division is uh, very, you know, it's going to be very active in 2023, I feel like. Yeah. And I think we got a good number of good potential matchups coming down yeah. the pipe there in 2023. To answer uh, the boxer academic's question, I, I think he. I think he would, man. I don't. It's like I don't see why not. Why he wouldn't take the fight if he, if he, if he challenged himself with Tank. I don't see why he wouldn't take the fight, man. Like I, it, you know, it would be, it would really bother me, man. If 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 they, you know, reach for that fight and he didn't take it, it'd make me feel like it'd honestly make me feel like he ducking because Shakur already tried to fight him and it was like okay something there. It's like okay I don't know. But if they send him a contract and he don't take it, I'll be like, I'll be like, man, what, what is going on with, with you, man? Because, I mean, who who else you gonna fight? You you well, ain't getting the tank rematch. Nope. You ain't getting that tank rematch unless you unless you make some noise and then it's like, okay, they put the pressure on tank. Like, well, you gonna fight him again? You know what I'm saying? Like, if you make some noise and, and beat some of the top guys, but that fight though, man, I don't know, man. Like that fight. Cruz can crack, bro, and mm-hmm. and 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 Frank is is like he he's like Tank in a sense. That one thing about Tank is that he'll he'll take a chance and and he'll take some shots mm-hmm. so he can crack you. You know what I'm saying? And Frank, it seemed like him and Tank has similar styles that they are boxer punchers. You know what I'm saying? They're not. They're not the type that's always on the on the bike unless they have to. Like Tank, when he hurt his hand against Cruz, Ooh, he had right. to get on his bike. You know what I mean? But Tank's normal style is boxer puncher. He's a strategic knockout artist. You get what I'm saying? So Frank is kind of like the same in a sense that I wouldn't say he has the type of power. He, I don't wouldn't say he's has the night quill in his glove. He can knock you out. He has the power to knock you out. Mm-hmm. But I would say their styles are similar. So, if he fought Cruz, you know Cruz Mexican. He got the Mexican traditional Mexican style. He gonna he gonna put his head down and he gonna come forward. You know what I'm saying? All night with those two, that's gonna be fireworks, man. That's gonna be fireworks. I mean, it can go either way, in my opinion. Because I mean, I don't know, man. That can go either way to me. And those are the type of fights. I like man. Yeah. I like fights where it's like I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Those are the type of fights where it's like, man, I gotta see this because I just don't know. You know, um Yeah, you can't be, you know, solid, like solid in who who would win that. Yeah, know, like that that's fight, one you know? that's that'll make me I'll be I'll be on the edge of my seat. Like mm-hmm. like man, I don't know because I know Cruz cracking and I know Frank cracking. You know what I mean? I know Frank gonna get busy because he he gonna throw punches. And I know uh Cruz Cruz gonna come forward forward. and gonna swarm him. Yeah, he's gonna try to he gonna come forward. He's gonna try to you know Marcus Mandon, he's gonna try to Chico. He gonna come in there like how Chico come in with with Broner. You know what I mean? He gonna he gonna try to Broner, he gonna try to overhand right him. So it's gonna bring that is the the, that's gonna bring out the 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 fight in Frank. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's how Cruz go ahead. Oh well, I was just gonna say. So in that fight, who got more to gain from that fight, and who got more to lose? I think Frank got more to gain. 
which means that Cruz got more to lose, meaning his his yeah. top stature, he got more to lose. Well, if he lose that, because because that'll be another that'll be another that'll be another boxer puncher that he lost to. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we can say that he got problem with boxer punches. Uh, he got you know what I mean it it'd just be another you know it'd just be another loss in his record that you can kind of just be like judge him off of more like you know he lost to him he lost to him you know the next guy he fight well, we don't know right if he, if he, he can crack you know <laughs> like he ahead. with golden boy no Eastside Cruz is with uh Sean Gibbons uh there Sean Gibbons uh manages Eastside Cruz's um you know career and stuff like that so um I mean I hope to see yeah, the fight too, but I just so, based yeah. upon what we have been experiencing in boxing via uh supposed number one fighters who uh you know aren't fighting other fighters who who are very talented. Mm-hmm. I just don't know. Where 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 and you know uh did have something there on the on the ticker uh Petty Killmonger was talking about Frank Martin said he sparked tank. Uh, before I wonder, you know, how well he did in that joint. I don't know, you know where that was at or um, or when it happened, but I don't know. Maybe that that uh, topic will come up uh, later on down the line. But yeah, Frank Martin, um, yeah, I'm seeing him, you know, kind of like match up with somebody else. I don't think it's going to be someone like Isak Cruz, given Isak Cruz's status uh, there in the lightweight division. Um, I think that he's going to, you know, kind of like try to you know, wait it out in a sense as to, you know, what could happen uh, with the with the belts in the lightweight division. I know that, you know, people are talking about, hey, Devin Haney is going to be facing, uh, you know, Vasyl Lomachenko. Uh, but, you know, at, at some point we're, we're going to, you know, get it to where, hey, he's going to have to start fighting some mandatories here soon. So, if they do it I with think- Lomachenko, that'll, that'll like eliminate a lot of, a lot of stuff there with them. You know, but I will say this. If he has that fight with Vasily Machenko and wins, and then you have the fight that's supposed to go on either in April or May, uh, which I'll talk about later, then you might have a a, 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 a situation where, a hey, either we have a super fight at 135 or Eastside Cruz is going to be, you know, sitting around holding his thumbs or twiddling his thumbs, waiting to see what happens uh, later on in 2023, because I'm seeing something where you could have another super fight uh, there in the lightweight division at one, uh, uh, by the end of 2023. Uh, but that's something I'll, you know, kind of like talk about there in a little bit later. Uh, but uh, you also had, you know, there at the fight, like we were mentioning, uh, the promoter, uh, Frank Martin, uh, Mr. Errol Spence Jr. And Errol Spence has been, you know, he was there in Las Vegas uh, answering a lot of questions from, you know, reporters that were there on site and everything. But on Showtime, he was talking with Brian Custer. And one of the topics that, of course, was coming up was you know, the whole thing with um, – him and Terrence Crawford, and that, you know, Brian Custer mentioned that Terrence Crawford was on, you know, his uh, podcast there, you know, The Last Stand with Brian Custer, and that Terrence Crawford was talking about, you know, he did everything he could to, you know, make the fight happen, and Custer asked Errol Spence, what's your thoughts about that? 
And Spence was like, man, yeah, he ain't do that like that, man. Like, what is he talking about? Pretty much to, to that sense. And, um, you know, of course, like over the course of the past few weeks or so, we've kind of like discussed it that, um, you know, Crawford hadn't necessarily been, you know, forthcoming or at least be, as he says, transparent in what he was uh, doing while negotiating for that fight with uh, Errol Spence Jr. And it's that, you know, a number of people that were dealing with the fight, trying to make the fight happen, were blindsided by Crawford's move to go towards uh, BLK Prime to fight David Avangian. And that, you know, Errol Spence was kind of like blindsided on that as well. So even though, you know, I feel like Errol Spence said that he wants to spin the block as far as like trying to make that fight again, um, I'm, you know, not all that confident in that because if you if you're dealing with somebody that's not necessarily forthcoming, or at least it shows that it, that he wasn't as forthcoming when it came to those negotiations, why would you you know want to deal with someone like that again? Um, but also, it kind of like goes into something like what uh, Stephen Espinosa was saying in the past uh, before you know I talked with him a couple of weeks ago is that you know he said that Earl Spence had his deal done, he was you know all good and signed. It was just trying to lock down Terrence Crawford and Terrence Crawford wasn't necessarily cooperating over the course of that time. So I uh, know that Steven Espinosa wants to revisit it, you know, but it has right now, I'm, I'm just not really confident that uh, that fight will take place or, you know, next year's given what Errol Spence has said, as far as like when his next fight will be. So, um, I don't know, man. Does anyone have thoughts about, you know, what Errol Spence uh, said in reference to that topic before I go into, um, you know, when he said he's going to get back in the ring? I mean, I ain't got too much confidence either, man. Yeah. Like, I, I'm almost over it now, man. It's like, it's like, sometimes these fights, man, get to a point where it's like, man, it's like, I just get, it's like, I've been feeling like, even before, even before Bud, you know, the, the shenanigans between him and Bud happened, like, you know, with the contract and Bud, you know, saying that he agreed and then going with a BLK Prime and all that type of stuff. Even with, before that happened, I was already tired. Like, man, I'm, I'm just tired mm -hmm. of waiting. Like, I'm tired of these guys. Like, why don't you just, why don't y'all just fight, man? Like, I mean, y'all, I don't know, man. Like, and then it's like, us as fans, man, you know, all we can do, <clears throat> speculate because we don't really know like we wasn't there so it's like people can just come and tell us anything and, and we go off of that and then we debate off of the information that we have and then you get bug coming out saying one thing and then earl saying one thing it's his word against hit you know it's earl's word against buzz and it's like okay the only thing that's gonna really matter to me is if y'all fight if y'all ain't gonna fight then hey i mean it's like, all right, you, just, you know. It's almost like, yeah, you just want to move on. Um, yeah, you can, it's, it's like, I can't be too invested in, as a, as a fan, yeah, I can't be I too invested it. in the back and forth of y'all Twitter beefs and, and y'all YouTube beefs, you know. Yeah, I feel you as a fan, but, you know, me, you know, being a reporter, being, you know, the one that's, you know, attended, uh, you know, multiple fights, um, you know, especially over this year and given you know me being at, in attendance for that um uh, that Crawford fight last year 
And, you know, also Spence versus Ugas uh, this year and also having conversations with um, Steven Espinoza uh, that, you know, I, I kind of like felt like Steven Espinoza, you know, was really disappointed that he couldn't secure the fight of this year um, and that, you know, he wants to really work on trying to get it uh, done next year. But, you know, my thing was is that, and we kind of like talked about it uh, a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, is that sometimes when you have a situation like this, you almost give, um, you know, one fighter more um, power or more um, influence than what he actually has, or he'll have an inflated sense of value uh, given what his status is. Um, but yeah, and the thing is, like, you know, Wes on this uh, live chat with a petty killmonger, like, you know, Crawford said, like, he's already a Hall of Famer and, you know, talked about his, you know, SB Award winners, Fighter of the Years, and that, that type of thing. And, yeah, I mean, I've seen Crawford at the International Boxing Hall of Fame, uh, you know, in June of this year. And, you know, they he got, like, a lot of love, a lot of support with, you know, the fighters that were there. You know, those that are already in the Hall of Fame, those, you know, that were being inducted in that year and, you know, talking with the folks that are involved in the International Boxing Hall of Fame, it's almost like he's saying, yo, my legacy is set. I really don't have to do anything else. So he's kind of like going at it like, hey, why would I want to give Errol Spence this opportunity to kind of like, quote, unquote, steal the shine or steal the thunder for me? Like, I'm already accomplished. I've already been undisputed and that type of thing. But, uh, yeah, I, I just don't feel like it's uh, – necessarily going to happen and i really don't think it's going to happen next year or or at all um was it terrell you were going up next yeah so when, when we look at this i mean first of all we as hardcore boxing fans we're we're highly disappointed that this fight hasn't happened i mean we waited uh, for a good amount of time for uh crawford to come out of the top rank deal uh which we know was going to happen while crawford was was in top rank even though uh there's been cross promotional deals at the time between Fury and Wilder, we know that. So, so to say that it couldn't happen is just a flat-out lie, because they they've done that before, and obviously money was a driving factor for that. So Crawford finally got out of the top rank deal, and and from that point, everyone had a big sigh of hope that wow, now we're gonna finally see Crawford Spence, right? Uh, we saw Crawford Porter, we got that done. I mean, like I said got out of the top rank deal. That's what we we were headed directly towards that, right? And now we got to 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 the uh, to the starting point and negotiations, things like that. Uh, people were happy about that. Uh, it looks like either side neither side was being difficult at the time of mm -hmm. this, at the start of negotiations, and, and everyone was optimistic and and rightfully so. And then we get to this the the back and forth, uh, the, the disinformation things like that more back and forth, things like that. Uh, the re reluctancy of, of uh, Crawford's, Crawford's camp and the seemingly incompetence of Crawford's camp in order to negotiate a fight of the, stat of the stature, uh, things like that, uh, even with Crawford uh, not knowing his, his real value in, in the pay-per-view marketplace mm -hmm. and trying to over-exaggerate that, went back and forth with that mm -hmm. to the point where we're at right now where it, didn't, it, did, it got called off. And then once it got called off, we saw Crawford Jump on uh, BLK, BLK, uh, BLK Prime, and fight this uh, uh, B-Ray fighter uh, a couple weeks ago. Things like that. 
So dip, totally different sort of circumstances. But when we look back, look back to Mayweather Pacquiao, mm-hmm. we waited years for that. And once again, those different circumstances we, from what we're seeing right here. But once we got that fight, that fight was well past its, its prime date, prime sale date. I mean, it still did great outstanding numbers. We know that. Uh, but the thing about it, at that point, Pacquiao and Mayweather, those were uh, exclusively pay-per-view hits individually. And when, it, and when it came together, they made an even great number. Right. And when you fast forward to now, we know that Crawford is now Crawford uh, is is a a fledgling uh, pay per view success. We know that, and Spence and Spence has done he's he's done good numbers, not not great numbers, but good numbers. But in the post Mayweather area era, should I say, uh, we know that there's there's no one making numbers like that other than Canelo. I mean, these you guys have to be built up. That's why I admire Tank so much for uh, for uh, building up a great base, not only in and his hometown, but Atlanta, uh, Vegas, of course. Uh, California, things like that. Tank is built up. He's, 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 he's the next pay-per-view star. And what kind of saddens me since Tank continues to talk about the fact that he's not going to be around too much longer. So I don't know how many years he's going to give us or what, what what the strategy is beyond for saying that. But but just fast. But once again, we look at Mayweather, Pacquiao, Crawford Spence. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it appears it's going to get drug out for a long, long time. And it looks like it's headed to to a point where it's going to be past the sell date. And even, even with Spence, I don't know what's going on with Spence. I mean, a second car incident. I know it's not a sport. I know it's not a sport. But when we look at consider a thing called a thing called destiny, I mean, I hope this guy stays healthy. Hope nothing happens to him, things like that, or nothing tragic. I'm just, I'm, I say that with my heart, you know, because I was so, so, sad, so sad to hear about that uh, car accident where he got hit on collision by a 14-year-old. And that's, that's just crazy. Yeah. So, there's, there's nothing that outside toward that derails this fight uh, past the sell date. Yeah, and, and, you know, you were talking about the thing there with the pay-per-views. Is, and it's like, um, you know, Earl Spence has had, you know, a few uh, pay-per-view events, um, you know, that have done, you know, they've done pretty well. Uh, his last one against Dennis Ugas, uh, you know, uh, had like a pretty high um, price point, so... Uh, it did like have the same amount of you know numbers as his previous fight against Danny Garcia, but the pay per view revenue was you know much more than that. So, um, so he's been able to you know do pretty well uh, when it comes to pay per view buys. Uh, but you know outside of that, you know you you have um, uh, what is it like Tank Davis as mentioned, Tank Davis can uh, and Canelo Alvarez that you know pretty much do uh, numbers that are larger than uh 200k pay-per-view buys so um when it comes to the the fight between spence and crawford like you know people are you know looking at what's happening with with those um numbers and they're saying hey we see that this fighter here has this value and this other fighter here has this value it's no different than what they were doing with you know austin de la hoya and floyd mayweather or austin de la hoya and bernard hopkins or you know floyd mayweather and a lot of the other opponents that he's had you know, so the the thing is, the, the people that are, you know, making this fight have had extensive experience with doing pay-per-view events and seeing what the uh, value is for these guys. And, well, they say, hey, I mean, we, we're doing this with Errol Spence and we see what you're doing here. 
that you've done in the past, including what happened last weekend, that's not, you know, looking, you know, all too good, you know. So that's the thing about that, man. And, um, you know, like uh, Chris Trucker was saying, um, he has doubts that the fight's ever going to happen. And, you know, I really had doubts as well, man. And that's going to be uh, something uh, there that a lot of uh, fight fans will be disappointed in. Uh, for 2023, uh, if it doesn't necessarily happen. But, you know, like I said, Steven Espinosa is still hopeful that it could potentially happen, but kind of like goes off of, uh, you know, what, you know, has happened over the past few weeks. Uh, big thanks for Chris Trucker for uh, joining us uh, for that segment uh, here on the Boston Source uh, radio show. Um, just uh, going into uh, the next thing about Errol Spence, he said that, hey, he'll be – already in April, May, or June. And I'm thinking that that is part of, um, you know, what I'm I'm feeling like that's going to be part of the showtime. I think he's going to be on showtime for his next fight. Um, I was hoping that it would be February, but it just didn't look like, it, I guess it's just not going to happen in February. Uh, and we know that, you know, Tank has his event on uh, January 7th. You got, um, I know it's regular showtime, but you got Jamel Charlo versus Tim Zhu on January 28th. Um, and in March, planned in March, uh, you got, you know, Caleb Plant uh, there versus David Benavidez. So uh, you got to look at, you know, whether it's going to be April for uh, Errol Spence, May or June. And you also got to take into account if it's going to be on showtime or whatever it is. Uh, that, you know, they could try to, you know, have that in either in April. Um, you still got potentially Deontay Wilder versus uh, Andy Ruiz Jr. that will be probably on Fox pay-per-view too. So that the schedule is going to be, you know, somewhat crazy uh, over the first half of uh, 2023 to see where uh, Errol Spence is going to fit in. But for me, it's going to be like the longer that he's going to be out of the ring, the tougher it's going to be for him to make 147 pounds. And he's mentioned that on multiple occasions over the past few months, including, you know, recently before, uh, you know, him watching that Frank Martin fight. So uh, there's that. Uh, but before I uh, continue on here, uh have another guest that's jumping in. Of course, he's been a long time guest of the Boston Source Radio Show. You know him, and I know him as the president of the Deontay Wilder Fan Club. That's right. It is white man paperwork. Why do we need it? Why do we need it? Why do we need? Why do we need white man paperwork? The boxing academic chef. Terrell, how are you guys doing today? That's Terrell. Terrell. <laughs> doing Michael well. Brady on Facebook, how are you doing today? Oh, wow. I'm doing all right. <laughs> I was going to call you, but it's fine. I'm doing okay. All right. Uh, Frank Martin. Michelle, don't call me Muhammad Ali Rivera. That was one of the most boring fights I've witnessed in a long time. Oh, man. Listen, listen, I understand Michelle Rivera didn't have nothing for him. 
but Martin should have tried to get him out of there or something. I don't know, man. Dang. That fight never went out of first gear. <laughs> if you're trying to make an impression, this uh -huh. is your big opportunity. All eyes are on you. We're so happy that two undefeated, basically, prospects slash contenders took a fight against each other. Somebody got to show up and show out. Come on, man. Now, instead of putting your name in the run of fighting somebody like Tank, you got Chris Colbert wanting to fight you. That's a, that's steps below. You know, maybe he could get a Shakur fight. Maybe he could fight Keyshawn Davis. I I don't know, man. Uh, listen, it was a good it was a good performance. Great performance by Frank Martin. I just wish the fight was a little bit more exciting. Hey, that was pretty much what our previous uh, guest here, Chris Trucker, was saying. Like he's like, yo, if you you know are there in a spotlight, this is something where it's two undefeated uh, fighters there in the top ten of the lightweight division, and you've seen from early that. You know, uh, Frank Martin was in a different class as Michelle Rivera, and you score a knockdown there in the seventh round. Hey, you should have that opportunity to get him out of there, and he didn't necessarily get him out of there. Um, and I know that you know a lot of people are you know talking about Derek James and that you know he did like a great job there with Frank Martin. Um, but I wonder if he would have said, "Yo, turn on the." You know, turn on the intensity and 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 try to get him out of there. He was more of like, yo, um, yeah, like you said, like he didn't want uh Frank Martin to overextend himself. Just stick with the jab and you know try to you know take control of the distance and things like that. And not really, you know, try to do things to get him out of there. Even though there were multiple signs where he could have just did that, you know, so. I'm like, well, if you want to, you know, try to stamp your name as a a guy that could potentially be a top five fighter in the lightweight division, hey, you could have had your opportunity there. But, you know, maybe he's a little bit outside of the top five at lightweight right now. Uh, but I don't know. Maybe they could put him put him there at number five, given that you know guys like George Cambosis and. Williams the Peter probably ain't gonna be fighting anytime soon. So so there's that. You know what I mean? Uh but yeah, we we like kind of like dissected that particular fight and uh think about uh what Errol Spence said. So white man paperwork, did you catch what Errol Spence Jr. said to Brian Custer? I did, and it was exactly what I said like a week or so ago. When I said, we don't know what injuries he has from this latest car accident. You know, a lot of people thought he'd be back in February or something. I'm like, no, he said his leg was messed up. And now he's saying April, June, July. So what I am thinking is that we're going straight into the Terrence Crawford fight. It depends on how... How, what they kind of like felt, not just with the injury, but the, you know, the fact that he got into another, you know, car accident, you know, I think that might be a factor into, you know, him just saying, you know what, let's try to get this fight and get this fight, you know, done now. Yeah, listen, um, I think him getting in another car accident is the only way Terrence Crawford's going to step into the ring with him. Maybe <laughs> he's going to give Crawford confidence to step into the ring now. So let's hope so. <laughs> yeah, because um, yeah, that 
you know, if, if anything, it was like, I know that Errol Spence was saying like, hey, we might have a fight announced. You know, he was saying like in three or four days, it was supposed to be, you know, this week. Uh, but now it's going to be pushed back. And, you know, he said like it would have been like another week or so. But if he feels like it's going to be around that, you know, uh, springtime, then, yeah, I think they want to try to, you know, revisit potentially getting that uh, Crawford fight done. And, you know, like I said, Steven Espinosa was talking about it, uh, you know, uh, some time ago. So I was like, hey, if Steven Espinosa wants to revisit, then, you know, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> live chat, Penny Killmonger says, hey, baby Terrence Crawford is licking his chops thinking it's going to be like when Jose Benavidez Jr. was shot in the leg. Oh, man. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that could be, maybe that could be the the bait that will get Terrence Crawford to step in the ring with uh, Errol Spence Jr. But I mean, we still haven't gotten all the uh, information about you know Terrence Crawford's fight with David Evans and how that did on BLK Prime and you know through the Integrated Sports Pay Per View and the reports that have been floating out over the week just didn't really look that good at all. Um, I'm gonna just wait it out and you know see how how it turns on uh but once again big shout out to chris trucker that was a guest on the show uh giving a contribution to the boxing source uh really appreciate it there and you know we, uh, willem we invite you to be part of the boxing source radio show later on down the line all right for so um but uh going into the next uh, topic there uh this comes from earlier this week i know that i dropped a little video on the boxing source youtube page about it ryan garcia says he wants to go straight into the tank fight all right cool yeah like he didn't want to go forward with this fight against mercedo guesser that was like scheduled for like what january 21st to january 28th so he says he wants to go straight into the spirit uh Spence. the tank fight uh <laughs> and i feel like that's really interesting uh there you know I would have thought like, hey, maybe, you know, you want to get in something where you could, um, you know, say, hey, we'll, we'll have this and see what we got um, before going into the tank fight. Uh, but there is also some buzz as far as like some people say, hey, maybe that fight is in suit, you know, that hasn't been signed. I'm like, man, what, what are y'all talking about? Like, yo, it wouldn't be talking about, you know, them not fighting each other if it's not, you know, really been signed like that. So um ryan garcia saying hey you know i'm i'm ready right now to go for tank and i'm gonna be over in victorville california out there in the mountains and all that type of stuff uh getting prepared for tank davis while tank davis has his fight january 7th at the capital one arena against hector luis garcia so um now white man paperwork has been following uh ryan garcia over the course of uh, Ryan Garcia's career. What did you think about uh, Garcia's comments there and also uh, what Oscar De La Hoya might have said uh, as a follow-up? Listen, I think Ryan Garcia knows how to sell a fight. He's letting y'all know that Big Bad Tank needs a tune-up, but he doesn't, okay? It's just another storyline for the fight. Ryan Garcia is just ready to get in there and take Tank head off. And Tank need a little tune-up to get ready for a little old Ryan Garcia. 
<laughs> it is like, uh, hey, he's trying to build it up, and, and he's gonna, you know, be uh, paying uh, close attention to, you know, Tank's fight. Hey, I wouldn't necessarily be surprised if Ryan Garcia will be in attendance at Capital One Arena for Gervonta Tank Davis's fight uh, there against Hector Luis Garcia. And yeah, there has been a little bit of chatter as far as like Ryan Garcia and um, I think uh, Tank kind of like, uh, you know, posted a little bit on it in that <laughs> maybe Ryan was doing a little bit of some things uh, that could have been controversial. And that's why he didn't necessarily go forward with this fight against Mercedes Gesta. Uh, but, you know, that's, you know, a whole, you know, another story. Uh, there on, on that front. So um, I'm, I'm just looking to see, you know, what happens here with um, Tank Davis here in a few weeks as he's going to be, you know, facing Hector Luis Garcia. And, man, it's just going to – it's just a few weeks away. You know, it's a few weeks away, man. I mean, I'm only going to have, you know, what, one or two uh, shows uh, before that particular fight takes place, you know, and um, – it's going to be a definite event that hopefully white man paperwork is going to be able to show up at this particular event. Uh, we, will have, we will probably get an update on that uh, later on down the line, uh, you know, what happens with that. Uh, but that will definitely be a, a great fight card. It's, it's not looking good. Uh-oh. Uh, what a tank fight at? Over here my, around my way, man. Oh, D.C.? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Think it's going to be snowing over there? Nah, I don't think so, man. I don't think so. You don't really be doing that that much until probably around like a couple weeks after or something like that. And, you know, I, hopefully it don't, you know, throw down like that, you know, but it don't matter. People will still be showing up. People will still be there in Joel. So, you know how that go, you know. So that that's 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 gonna be uh one great event uh there January seventh. Yes, it'll be on Showtime pay-per-view. And of course Boots in this will be facing a Karen Chukazian uh, in the co-feature bout. And you know, we have of course the return of Mr. Demetrius Andrade, uh that will be on that fight card as well, man. Uh, against Damon Nicholson and Speedy Rashidi Ellis faces Roman Beer on that. So uh, we we got a good little card too. I mean, uh, they say Vito Milnicki Jr. will be on it. Uh, potentially Brandon Lee will be on this thing as well. The super lightweight division. Uh, of course, you're supposed to have um, the uh, Peterson brothers on it. Uh, Mia Ellis will be on that card. Uh, Jalil Hackett hopefully will be on that card. Uh, he wasn't able to fight uh, last night, you know, so that that was uh, going to be uh, a little thing there too. So it's going to be a great, great, great card and definitely looking forward to that. Um, let's see. Is there like anything else that uh, any of y'all want to uh, talk about? Does white man paperwork have one thing to vent on uh, here before we close it out? Nah, ain't shit really going on in boxing. Uh, I'm just uh, looking forward to the return of Deontay Wilder, whenever that is. 
That's all. Yeah. And yeah, I, I didn't mention the whole thing about uh Mr. Paul Butler, you know, doing a little dance and going going around the ring and rolling yeah. around the ring for yeah. rounds, you know, putting his paws. And then celebrate it afterwards. Yeah. Like British people are pathetic, man. <laughs> oh man. Like only Tyson Fury has respect for himself. No. <laughs> what happened now? Tell me what happened. So, well, now, so um, you had you had this as they say undisputed title fight with Naya in a way against Paul Butler. And the majority of fans and, and analysts were saying that, hey, this is going to be, you know, in a way, just watching Paul Butler within two to four rounds. But Paul Butler found a way to get through 11 rounds without really throwing many punches at all. Not much resistance coming from Paul Butler over the course of the fight. And so it was just an extended, you know, uh, celebratory performance or whatever it is for Naira in a way to become the undisputed uh, champion at Bantamweight. So, so yeah, in a way was like and, was yeah. like Roy Jones and in the ring? What you saying? What? Nah, it wasn't like no Roy Jones or nothing. It was I'm, just like, you know, like Paul Butler didn't want to engage. The motherfucker him. didn't want to fight. He was just, yeah, he want to fight. He was just shelling up uh, trying not to get knocked out. Yeah, and he got knocked out in the eleventh round. Yeah, and he said he's celebrating it because he lasted longer than people said. Uh, Even he didn't try to fight. You know what? I mean, yo, yo, somebody might do some investigating. Maybe, maybe he has some money on him. Maybe get past some two rounds or something. You know what I'm saying? They said like you know over under for that fight. I don't know, man. I don't know, but yo. It, yeah, for him to get to the eleventh round, yeah, something was up. Uh, all right. Uh, did have some on the live chat. Um, dude, Petty Killmonger says, uh, "Is there any update on Buzz Glovegate?" Um, I haven't really uh, seen much. Uh, they're coming from the complaints of Team Avenging uh, towards the Nebraska State Athletic Commission. So you know that hasn't necessarily you know, had any type of uh, progress or anything like that. Um, there's also some other buzz about, you know, some other things going on with that fight card itself, you know, uh, but that's, you know, some other topic that might get revisited later on down the line. Um, but maybe you could, y'all could find other talk about that uh, elsewhere, but we're not really going to get into that here. Um, but with that being said, that kind of like brings a conclusion to this particular episode of the Boston Source Radio Show. I thank all of the uh, guests for joining in on this live conversation. And uh, those out there that were on the live chat, of course, it's going to be available uh, through Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, you know, all them podcast apps. It'll be available on there for y'all to listen to on demand at any time. And like I say at the end of every show, folks, the point of boxing is to hit and like you hit, not to stand and trade. On that note, folks, I'm out. Have a good evening, everybody. No bomb squad. Wow. <laughs>